my body armor there. And, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of body armor. Things are getting weird, folks, aren't they? Really weird. And, uh, in fact, I, I'm not even sure that, uh, that I understand what's going on anymore. I used to think I had a handle on everything, but, uh, anymore, I think the only thing I have a handle on is that, uh, that I love the Lord. I love the Lord. He's the creator of the universe and his son, Jesus. And, uh, so I'm going to say a quick prayer, folks, um, because that's the only thing that's going to get me through all of this. Uh, so are you ready? Okay, pay attention here. Heavenly Father, Father, we ask that you, uh, you guide us. Guide us this day. Guide this show. Um, help me say the right things and, and, uh, uh, speak for me. There you go. Speak for me and uh, just um, grant us all wisdom and discernment so so we understand what's going on and uh, that we not be deceived by the great deceiver. The, uh, you know, Satan is the ruler of the airwaves and we stand defiant in front of him, Father. And anyway, so, so I ask your blessing, Father, upon this show, upon Rick, the board guy, and all of our listeners, in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, okay, all right. I'm feeling better here. Um, you know, uh, I've, I've talked to a, a few of our listeners in the last few days. I run into them. And, uh, you know, this spirit of uneasiness. Have you been feeling it? Have you been feeling this uh, um, this? absolute everything seems to be upside down kind of feeling and so anyway it's a you know it's it's just the way it is rick and and uh rick are you feeling that uneasiness in the air is it just uh or is it just me no we're in weird times for sure there's something happening yeah yeah well we're in the run-in we're in the run-up to the return of the lord um and uh you know, I don't know if we've started into the uh, uh, the tribulation period yet, or if it's just around the corner. But I, I'm just telling you, and we're not the first people, right? We're not the first people to ever experience tribulation. That early Christian church in Rome, uh, they knew what they knew what persecution felt like, and and uh, Christians in China and all around the globe, they. Christians everywhere know what persecution feels like. But this is almost palpable. Palpable. I, okay, never mind. I can't say that word, Rick. But it's, uh, it, you know, I can feel it. I can feel how things are growing. And, you know, I teach I teach a survival class, folks. And uh, it's an urban survival class. And it's it has a lot to do with, um, with, uh, preparing ourselves above and beyond what we normally used to do you know i i, I open the pantry door today and i've got to i've got to put an invisible force field up just to make sure things don't come rolling out of the pantry uh, i'm sure it frustrates my beautiful wife cheryl shout out to you honey i hope you're listening and i hope you have a wonderful day too so anyway i uh was thinking to myself, okay, um, so 
if this if this crisis hits, if this continues, we keep hearing about these vaccine passports, right? We keep hearing that uh, you're going to have to you're going to have to have vaccination papers to go to a concert, and and you know it, when and when and if that happens, there's going to be a whole lot, millions upon millions of people who may not even be able to go to the grocery store. What's it say in the book of Revelations? It says that uh, um, no one will be able to buy and sell save they have the mark of the beast. Well, you know, the the vaccine passport is not yet the mark of the beast because we have not seen the rise of the Antichrist. But I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people out there who have their opinion about who that Antichrist is. Um, I don't think he's on the scene. I think what we're looking at now is his helpers. We've got the 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 Burks and the Fauci's and the Bill Gateses and and those people that are running amok with our psyche and with our system. We're being bombarded now by this 5G radiation, folks. You realize that the 5G is a microwave, literally a microwave radiation. It. Uh, I'm reminded of the stories that uh, I used to know guys who worked out at Buckley Air Force Base. Are you familiar with that? Buckley had uh, has those golf balls. You know, when you're driving down, uh, uh, I believe it's Buckley Road. Um, uh, you can see them, I think, also off a of Tower Road. But it looks like a giant golf ball sitting out there, just all sitting on the ground. What those are, those are uh, military defense um, antennas and receivers and transmitters. And uh, I talked to these these guys, old-timers, that, that knew a little something about Buckley at the time. And and uh, the some of the soldiers that were stationed out there would, would go wander, you know, the ones that were on night duty, night patrol. Uh, they'd go wander over by the antennas because they said, well, it, it feels really warm over there. And, uh, you know, yeah, especially if you stand right here, it feels really, really warm. And, uh, you know, what's happening, of course, that exposure to microwaves is literally cooking those guys. Um, so that's why they were feeling warm. They were They were literally in a microwave oven. But anyway, so... You know, we talk about uh, uh, survival, and one of the key things in an urban survival environment is the maintenance of a very low profile, okay? Don't, you know, you don't need to be outstanding for any reason. In fact, you want to be invisible. You want to be the person nobody notices, and uh, they call that being the gray man. Um, and it doesn't involve wearing gray clothing or, or even being an alien. Um, but it primarily means that you blend into the crowd, you steer clear, steer clear of confrontation, and avoid being detected by dangerous people. What does that mean? Man, I'm not sure. But the whole point is, um, you know how some people... Uh, have they've actually been witness to a crime, a uh, severe crime, 
and and maybe three dozen witnesses, three dozen, I'm not kidding you, and the police will begin to interview them. And the all of them, depending on how the person was dressed, depending on their demeanor and how they... All of them gave different descriptions of the person. Some of them even described the victim as being the perpetrator. It's an amazing phenomena, but it happens. So, we're uh, so let me. I'm going to start giving you some clues here as to how you can become the gray man. Okay, the invisible person. And this is one of the sex sins that I teach in the survival course, but it'll be a lot more in depth in the school. But uh, what we're what we're trying to do is we're trying to become invisible. There's a there's a saying in the Japanese world: um, the nail that sticks up gets struck with the hammer. Well, that makes sense, right? You don't want to trip over the nail that sticks up. You don't want to snag your coat on it. Um, but that's not what the saying means. In Japanese culture, it's considered improper to stand out. Everybody's supposed to be the gray person in Japanese culture. So let's uh, let's talk about what being the gray person means. And um, first of all, how do you become the gray person? I'm going to give you 10 tips, folks. So get your paper and pencils out and uh, we'll just get started in this and then we're going to have a break. And when we come back, we'll finish it up. But okay. All right, number one, number one, wear neutral colors, okay? So so what does that mean? Well, neutral colors. First, uh, consider this, neutral colors for your clothing. This means avoiding bright colors, okay? No yellows, no reds, no orange, pink. Um, tactical colors, don't wear them either. Don't wear camouflage. Don't wear solid black. Um, but bright colors, uh, certain colors make it insanely difficult for you to hide. So if you're wearing bright orange or whatever, um, that that means you can be picked out. Okay? So uh, here's some neutral colors. Okay? Like a dark blue or a dark green gray or brown, simple dark colored t-shirt, and a pair of jeans is an excellent example of clothing that allow you to blend in nicely into a crowd. You know, a lot of uh, um, the, the CIA teaches an incredible course on becoming the gray man. And uh, one of the things they teach people, operatives, uh, some are just couriers. That they teach people when you, uh, you know, let's say you go to Sweden, okay, or or any of the Nordic countries, and when you check into your hotel in in Stockholm, you uh, you don't leave your hotel for a day. You sit up in the window. You sit far enough back from the window that you're not noticeably sitting in the window. Um, you're sitting in a dark room because all the majority rooms are dark, even in the daytime. Uh, and you just watch. You watch what people wear. Um, you can do that same experiment if you go to any mall. Uh, you go to the Walmart. 
and you sit out in the parking lot for a minute and just notice the way people are dressed. Notice what they're wearing. Notice how they interact. Even if they're if it's if it's a couple, are they uh, bombastic? Are they flamboyant? Are they interacting? Uh, has he got his tie-dyed orange and, and uh, pink T-shirt on? Those are things you remember. The guy who's just got a, a dark green T-shirt and a pair of blue jeans, he doesn't stick in the mind, okay? And that's what you want to be. You want to become invisible, even though invisible in plain sight, okay? So, dark blue, dark green, gray, brown, uh, a simple dark colored t-shirt and a pair of jeans, clothing that will help you blend into the crowd. Okay, item number two. Don't wear a hat, okay? And you know, this is really tough for me because nobody who knows me has ever seen me without a hat on. And, uh, but, okay, you may believe that wearing a hat's wise because you keep your face partly covered, especially if you look down while you're wearing a hat. However, if you look around you, you'll see that the majority of people around you are not wearing hats, okay? Seriously, the, you know, the construction kind of guys, the, the oil well guys, the sports fanatics, they might have hats on. Um, but the vast majority of people aren't wearing a hat. So make a n note of that. Log that in your memory bank because the hat is a individual describable thing that actually is one of the first things people write down in their memory bank. He was wearing a a Cleveland Indians hat, or he was wearing a, uh, wow, I remember that. I'm not even sure that's a sports franchise anymore. He, w he was wearing a Colorado Avalanche shirt, okay? So there is an instant describable. And once someone's eye is drawn to your hat or to your shirt, it's going to cross across your face, okay? So... Becoming the gray man means becoming invisible both in the head, the torso, the abdomen. You, you know, you, you want to be invisible all over. So, okay, don't wear a hat. So that's, now that's the second one. So number one was wear neutral colors, bland, just uh, un, undescribable colors, uh, colors that won't stick out. Don't wear a hat. Um, so if... If the authorities are on a close lookout for a suspect after a disaster or a catastrophe, they will zero in on anybody who's wearing a hat because they know that that could mean you're trying to not be seen with that whole issue of uh, hats and looking down. So, so okay, if you're, if you're in a survival scenario and you're going to go out... Uh, it's going to depend on, do you want to be seen or not seen? And we'll talk about that at the very end, the uh, the two objects there, or two objectives. And by the way, folks, you're listening to KHNC 1360 AM. We are the Roar of the Rockies. So uh, um, I'm not sure, Rick, how many times we're supposed to say that in an hour. <laughs> anyway, next one. <laughs> 
Okay, item number three. You taking notes? You avoid eye contact. Okay? Uh, don't make eye contact with anyone when you're on the move. Okay, when I say on the move, what's that mean? In a survival scenario, even though you've been hunkered down in your urban castle, in your your dwelling where you intend to ride out the first initial phases of the storm, um, you will eventually have to get out. And you have to get out to, um, at some point, replenish your water supply if the if the utilities are down. Think about this, folks. When when the power fails in any way, shape, or form, and it doesn't have to be uh, a, an issue regionally within the area you live in. It doesn't have to be your substation that causes the problem. Any substation, any substation that's on your feed line can cause what's called a cascading failure. And what that means is simply when one substation goes down, it puts a lot of stress and strain on the next substation because it has to pick up the load. Okay? And a lot of these neighborhoods are wired in loops. Believe it or not, they got the same same power coming in two different directions. You can cut the cable and most of the homes are still in service. Um, but anyway, okay, so you got to go out. Why do you got to go out? Well, guess what? If there is a power failure, a cascading power failure, uh, you got about two days worth of water. Why is that, you say? Because the water in your neighborhood is not fed to you from pumps. Now, there may be an occasional pump somewhere, but typically it comes from a water tower, okay, from a tank that sits high on a hill in your neighborhood or somewhere within the community you live in, and that tank is kept full. Now, that works off a pump, okay, so the tank is kept full with an electric pump. The uh, Just think about this, though. The, have you ever noticed uh, if you drive by the utility department for your neighborhood, they they don't have a fleet of generator trucks sitting there. They don't have a bunch of people that are going to show up at work, jump in their trucks and run out and keep utilities up or keep water in the tower. So the tower's got some built-in capacity. It's got a couple days' worth. Um, so that's what I'm saying. You may have to go out, and if you have to go out, and I advise against it during the early periods, um, and you can tell whether people are going out or not. Just look around the neighborhood. If the same cars are parked there that are there Sunday evening, if they're there on Tuesday morning, there's a good chance people aren't getting out, okay? So you got to start becoming in tune with what's going on in your neighborhood, all right? So when you do go out, when you go out and about, don't make eye contact with anyone while you're on the move. Okay? This, that only increases the chances of them, A, confronting you, and even if they don't, at very least, they'll remember you. Okay? And remember, the whole point of this exercise is to become the gray man, to become invisible. So, um, all right, think about this. 
if uh, being the gray person means that you can slip in and out of a public location without anyone really remembering you were there. You are so nondescript. You are so nearly invisible because you're just, you look just like everybody else. You know, if, I, if I'm in Europe and uh, everybody in this, uh, this town in Greece that I'm in is wearing a long sleeve shirt, a white long sleeve shirt with dark to black pants and the shirt's a button up shirt and even the sleeves are buttoned I want to look like that guy. If I leave the hotel in in uh, Greece and I'm not looking like one of them, I'm immediately targeted. Not in a negative way, but I'm identifiable, okay? I'm not dressed like everyone else. Okay, if you do have to go out, you're going to avoid the eye contact, right? The next thing is, you're not going to walk too fast. You don't want to walk too slow. Just just move. Progress towards your goal. What you're going to do, let's say you're going to go down to the irrigation canal and you're going to get some water. Well, there's probably other people that have gone to the irrigation canal to get some water. If the most describable thing about you after the crisis. And why would you be walking? Well, chances are pretty good that uh, a couple weeks into the crisis, you don't have any fuel for your vehicle. Remember, the gas stations also run on electricity, right? When they don't have backup generators, you don't see generators running at gas stations. Um, so you're going to be walking or you're going to be on a bicycle. But whatever it is, you're not going to be racing down the street. You're not going to walk too slow. You're not going to be overtly concerned about what's going on around you, but you will be observant, okay? And you're going to do this not so much by turning your head as just moving your eyes, keeping your eyes moving. And if you have a dark pair of sunglasses or a dark pair of glasses, put them on. Make sure they're not bombastic. They're not Lady Gaga flares. You're just a pair of regular sunglasses, but constantly be moving your eyes. And when you do pass someone, you're going to inevitably, depending on where you live, you just, even if, if, you're, if someone says something to you, like they say, morning, how's it going? Just nod your head and just keep walking, looking straight ahead. So you don't want to be singled out. Um, you know, I had, uh, uh, Steve Mitchell was talking to me. This was about a month ago, month and a half ago. And we were talking about the gray man. And, uh, Steve mentioned that, uh, he was walking down the hallway of a government building and two people who were obviously to him from past contact. They were some kind of people within the spook community. If you know what I mean there, I'm talking about intelligence, CIA, that kind of thing. They looked, um, they looked identical. The two of them were wearing the same colored suits. They had the same colored sunglasses on. And he says he didn't remember if they had the exact same haircut. They probably did. But uh, same color shoes. So that neither of them stood out 
from the other. So, um, and when they walked by, they didn't make eye contact. They were fixated on something straight ahead of them. Okay, this is a this is a skill set, folks. Okay, so if you're going to become the unnoticeable, the gray person, when you do have to pass someone, be aware of what they're doing, but don't make eye contact with them. Focus on something far enough ahead. In fact, you can kind of tweak your head so as to make it look like you're focusing on something that's going on a block away. And you will notice when you have totally gained control of that scenario, they will actually turn around to look what you're trying to look at. What you've really done is you've diverted attention away from yourself to something else that's going on. So that's that's the thing. Don't walk too fast. Don't move too slow. Just be uh, intentional in where you're going and how you're going to get there. And um, you don't want to become any kind of a target for authorities or for bad guys. So walk with confidence. Um, just just remember, if if you hear a bomb blast go off, think about this. Don't run because you're panicked from it. Walk. Don't walk towards it. Walk away from it. But you're you're not trying to draw attention to yourself. All right. So we're going to rebrush up those first four again. So now you're going to wear neutral colors. Nothing that stands out. You're not going to wear a ball cap if you have to go out. Don't wear any kind of a hat. Unless it's extremely cold, put a stocking hat on your head. Avoid on contact. And don't walk too fast. All right. I think um, we've got... Uh, okay, we've got six more left. And uh, I think we're going to hit them in just a couple of minutes. Because we're... Probably right at, uh, are we going to a break, Rick? No? No, we're not. You're going to make me stay here? Oh, my God. Okay, I'm, I'm going to have to send out for pizza. So if anybody has a phone handy, go ahead and order me a pizza, all right? I think Rick's never letting me leave the room again. Okay. Number five. This one's important. Keep your valuables hidden, okay? I mean, that should sound pretty obvious if you have to, you have to get out into a uh, somewhat of a public scenario. You have to leave your safe haven, your bastion, your castle. Um, if you have any valuable items on you, such as jewelry, electronics, money, so forth, keep those hidden, okay? First of all, the bad guys are out there cruising. And so the uh, when you're if you're wearing a watch even, but it's one of those it's got a metal band. It, it's not the it's not the kind of watch that I wear. It's not the rubber watch band with a uh, digital watch that you can get for eight dollars at Walmart or another discount store. It's that instantly. That's instantly known if the bad guy 
knows what he's doing and pretty sure he does. That that watch is of no value whatsoever. Now, if it's a Seiko Kinetic with uh, a really nice band on it, you know what? That watch ain't on my wrist anyway. It's, it's either already in my pocket or I left it at home because I don't need it to go where I'm go going or doing what I'm doing. Um, cash. Never, you know, looters and robbers, they're, they're going to work the disaster scenario. So that's why I was saying, you know, for the first two weeks to four weeks, you're not even going to leave your house. So you need to think about this. How do I get through four weeks without even leaving my house? What What's the obvious primary thing in four weeks that I'm going to need is water. Water's number one, right? And so I'm going to have water and I'm going to have food. I'm going to have the full pantry. Think about that. Four weeks. Four weeks is the period of time before I start to believe it might be safe to venture out of your house, and then I'm just going to go out the back door. I'm going to come around the side of my house and peer through the break in the picket fence. I'm going to know what's going on. I have to understand whether my neighborhood and the people that live in it are moving around. Okay? So, no valuables. No electronics. I'm not walking around with with a radio. I'm not walking around. Uh, now, I might in my pocket have my shortwave or my CB, um, my handheld walkie-talkie, because that's so I can communicate back with home base. I'm not going to be far anyway, so I'm never going to be out of the range of that small piece of electronics. Um, okay, so number five. Um, it, the valuables, the concept of jewelry, not only do they make you stand out, make you more obvious, but they're also going to make it easier for the, the bad guy to decide you're the target. Okay? So you don't want to be the target. All right. Uh, you know... That's going to be a little more complicated, okay? Freely admit, if you have a backpack or a messenger bag of some kind over your shoulder, that signals to someone that you could have a computer or even weapons with you. Make sure you, uh, you have any backpack or shoulder bag firmly attached to you. So the backpack over both arms, not just slung over one shoulder, it's over both arms, and clipped together in the center. Almost all backpacks have a uh, shoulder strap clip that allows you to clip them together. That way you just can't be torn off your back and someone takes off with it, okay? Uh, the messenger bag, make sure you have a waist gauntlet on your messenger bag because the whole reason you're going out is there may be something you need. There's something you're looking for. Maybe you've got to fill your bucket. Well, you know what? I'm not going to carry the bucket. I'm going to carry collapsible bags in my backpack. The collapsible bags to fill with water. Um, so, you, again, what kind of backpack is it? Is it uh, 
Well, it's it's a yellow and red bright mountaineering backpack. How about just getting a black one or an or a olive drab, and just a very dark, unstandout green bag. And uh, okay, no valuables on, no bling of any kind. Bling bad, okay? Bling very bad. <clears throat> now that you're out. Don't take pictures. Don't record on the video. Uh, it may be tempting in this post-apocalyptic world when there's nothing moving, no traffic, and uh, the only other person you saw was maybe carrying a water bottle or water jug. And they came came up from where you're heading, and they went down a side road that's a, a block or two away from you, um, but they're not taking pictures, folks. They're focused on getting home and getting home alive, okay? Uh, you know, if you, uh, even even today, even in a normal scenario uh, or a normal existence right now, pre-apocalyptic type scenario, don't try to be around the action. Don't try to be where something has just taken place and you have to be filmed or interviewed for a uh, a news program or something of the like. Okay, it's tempting. It's tempting to take pictures. It's tempting to take video. But first of all, that's one more thing that's noticeable about you then, Right. Um, well, yeah, I saw this guy. He had his camera out, and he was taking pictures all around the neighborhood. Well, what was he taking pictures of? You know, see that you just you just peeled the lid off of another can of worms. So, um, and the other thing is, is taking pictures of or disasters of a of or excuse me, video pictures or regular photos of a disaster, that's not something the gray man does, okay? It makes him stand out. So if you have electronic devices on you, keep them hidden. Turn the ringer off on your phone. All right. Okay, so um, we're going to go to break here in about three minutes. So I'm going to cover one more segment and... Uh, all right, no pictures, got it? Okay. Number seven. Okay, number seven. Stick to areas of cover, okay? The gray man always travels by sticking close to areas of shadow or cover where you can step out of the way in a moment's notice. Don't walk out in the open where you're clearly visible to anyone and everyone. In other words, you want to almost be, you are invisible. You've become invisible. You want to, uh, you want to be able to, at the sound of an approaching vehicle, and I'm going to tell you something, that, you know, if we've gone several weeks without electricity, a vehicle coming is just going to be crazy. Just the sound of it will raise raise the hair on your neck. 
Okay. So. Now. All right, folks. Looks like we're going to go on a break here. And uh, Rick, you just let me know when it cuts. Okay.
folks. The Rev here. This is the Pac-Man The Rev Show. We come to every Saturday from 1 until 2. <coughs> Excuse me. So, we've been going through uh, how to become the gray man. And uh, as, as I pointed out earlier, the gray man is, he's the guy who's going to disappear. He, you might have a gray man living on your street right now who lives four houses down in either direction. Do you know? Have you met him? Maybe he's the gray man. So, all right, item number seven. We started on this. This is stick to areas of cover. Like I said, just the sound. If we're in a collapse scenario and... I'm going to guarantee you the collapse is coming. This is all by design. It's already pre-scripted. The survivors are going to be the ones that learn their lessons. Okay? So, the uh, stick to areas of cover. The gray man, when he walks, he walks with purpose. He doesn't walk too fast. He doesn't walk too slow. He doesn't do things that are noticeable. And he's in a situation, he's constantly looking ahead of him, looking to the left, looking to the right, for an opportunity to duck in someplace or slide behind a bush or behind a tree or behind a parked car where he could, if necessary, find cover. Okay? Stick close to buildings or natural foliage. Do it in a way that looks natural, though. Okay? I, this is a skill set, folks. You don't skulk around. You don't move quickly like from one hedge to another. You walk with purpose, but you don't run. You don't want to do things that make you stand out. Okay? You want to you want to just be so so unmemorable that that's exactly what happens. People ask to describe, did you see the guy who came uh up the street earlier? Uh, yeah, I, I think there was, what was he wearing? I, I don't know. He had a, he was wearing blue jeans and, uh, he had a, a dark black hoodie on that wasn't over his face or anything. He just, uh, um, and what was his hair color? I, I think it was gray. I don't remember. He have a hat on? No. What kind of tennis shoes did he have on? Well, he, that, I don't know. I didn't notice. That's, that's what you want. Hi, I'm Sunil Reggae from Psych Scene. All right, that's the way you want. We had to, that was my ghost. He comes in once in a while, uh, and and he'll uh, he'll jump in. Anyway, so stick to areas cover. Number eight, depending on where you are, you want to avoid choke points, okay? Choke points are any location in the city, in the urban environment, that is likely to become congested with people in traffic during or after a disaster. Okay? They will be the most dangerous and chaotic places thanks to possible combination of, one, civil authority units, law enforcement, angry mobs and looters, and uh, swarms of desperate people. Think about this. Think about this. We're... We're now in week two or month two 
after the um, catastrophic grid failure that caused cascading failures. of We've got thousands of people just in our area, millions nationwide, that their furnaces won't even come on. Now, that's okay in the summer. We can go down in the basement. But in the wintertime, thousands of people, and they're going to be on the scrounge. They're going to be on the move. Um, They're looking for anything that can alleviate some of the problems that they're having at the moment. So avoid choke points. Um, Here's here's a couple of examples I've written down. Uh, Bridges, tunnels, intersections, stadium. Think about starting across a bridge, a pedestrian walkway. And all of a sudden, up in front of you, three or four bad guys step onto the bridge. So you figure, okay, discretion's a better part of valor, and you go to turn around. And people have stepped onto the bridge behind you. You're already done. Your game is up, okay? I mean, I don't need to describe what's going to happen next. What's going to happen next is your inevitable destruction. So you got to be looking ahead. you got to be analyzing. And you know something? This is going to be something that's extremely hard to do after the crisis has hit. Okay? So you analyze the street before you continue. That's item number nine. Analyze the street. Item eight was avoid choke points. I almost choked getting that out. So you analyze the street before you continue. Gray man never walks down a new street without having inspected it closely. A close observation of a new street or a block, and you do so with extreme caution before you continue down it. Now, I'm not talking about somebody who lives in uh, in a country place where there's acres and acres to each property. I'm talking about if you're just average Joe Blow and you live in the urban environment, you got to analyze the street before you walk onto it. Analyze the community. You, you should be spending hours and hours just staring very discreetly just a little corner of that window before you even would open the door to your property. Think about this. This is uh, one of the things I teach about how to make your house um, into an a virtual impenetrable structure visually and uh, sonically, meaning there's no noise coming from your house. Okay, so before you step on your street, you should have spent a whole long time studying up the street and down the street and what's going on. Okay, so you want to analyze your street before continuing. Number 10, this is, this is absolutely critical. Never, ever, ever let your guard down. You must be on high alert for potential threats and practice situational awareness all the time. I teach situational awareness. I teach people how to start becoming aware. And I can tell you that the average person walks around in a dream. 
They have no concept of what's going on around them. When you when you dart into a parking lot and grab that parking spot and you jump out of your car, I don't care if it's a Walmart or if it's a King Supers or a Safeway, did you look around first? Did you are you situationally aware? Do you know what's going on around you? Understand it. Take a couple minutes. Make an extra trip around the entire parking lot so you understand what's going on around you. Hey, folks, if you are interested in getting first class, I'm talking about five three-hour sessions. That's 15 hours of hardcore instruction on urban survival. How to become, we talk about this gray man. This is just one of dozens and dozens of things we talk about. We teach people how to be the survivor. Okay? And one of the ways you be a survivor, you be, you be. One of the ways you be a survivor is you start planning before the crisis hits. You know, you, here's the deal. Think about this. If, if I put away enough groceries to take care of me and my family for an extended period of time, and the crisis doesn't come, and it doesn't come, and I'm sitting on these groceries, and I'm thinking, what am I? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I just put my groceries into rotation, folks. My pantry's full, but I just put the food in my pantry into rotation. You got to think about this. What happens when this, when this Bitcoin, the Fed coin, excuse me, Fed coin comes along, and all of a sudden. You no longer have access to your funds. What do you do if there's a catastrophic event? What do you do if there's a cascading grid failure? Um, you know, you're you're not going to be in a situation right away where you can get out your silver coins and go and barter. That's not going to happen. There's another target. See, that that puts you clearly in violation of number five that we talked about earlier, keeping your valuables hidden. You should have, you should be able to survive prolonged periods of time without ever having to leave your house. I don't care if there's total utility failure, and that means the water doesn't run, and the lift pumps don't work. Do you know sewage doesn't work with your sewage system, your city's waste system doesn't work without electricity? Yeah, sewage runs downhill for a few blocks, and then it gets to a point that it hits what's called a lift station. And it has to be lifted back up to almost the surface where it starts another downhill journey again. At Guess what? The city doesn't have 10,000 generators hooked up to trucks so they can run out there and and plug those lift station motors in to keep them running. That doesn't happen. When the, when the power goes down, the lift stations quit working. And unfortunately, if you happen to live in the lowest home in the neighborhood, well, and you're not prepared for it, the lowest home in the neighborhood becomes the cesspool. That's where the sewage backs up into because there's no lift station picking it back up and moving it down. 
Now, all sewage systems in all cities have excess capacity built into them, and that's to allow them to get through short-term crises. If, if a lift pump burns out, they have a way. They bring a truck out, and they can literally move the sewage to the next location by lifting it with the means of this truck. Well, these trucks, these trucks are three-quarters of a million dollars apiece. I'm sorry. A city, even an average city, might have two. Most have one. Okay? Don't be the lowest point in your in your city without a, a backup plan. Ah, that was a little humor there, backup, backup sewer. Um, you know, folks, here's what you do. You write this phone number down, 303-809-3343. Again, that's 303-809-3343. That's the Rev's personal number, guys. And, uh, you know, if you if you got anything out of this, uh, this is basically 45 minutes of on-air time. Imagine what you can get out of 30 hours of lecture. All the hacks, all the tricks, how to be invisible, how to be prepared. That's, that's what the Rev will give you. He'll teach you this stuff. Uh, I give stacks of handouts at every training class. Uh, training classes are $25 a session. A session is three hours long. That's almost unheard of. That's, uh, you know, the entire class right now, I te- I'm teaching five sessions, so it's $125 for the entire class. And uh, if we add more to it, then we'll we'll make arrangements to, to get additional. But... Um, 25 bucks for a session, three hours of training. Um, we take a couple of quick breaks during that session. But think about it. Your family and your livelihood depend on that. So, all right, folks. we're. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here for the day. And if you have any questions or concerns, give the Rev a call. I'd love to talk to you. I came in here with a stack of papers to talk about. I got one thing done. But it was pretty critical. We talked about how to become the invisible person. All right, folks. Um, until next week. And I think that's it. Bye-bye. This is KHNC 1360. We're, uh, because of the holidays, we're changed our programming. And we're going to go to a segment on the